Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. See, they've been asking for help. Now, the ones that will come out and ask you point blank like help are the ones that have hit bottom, and that's good. But how about getting the people before they hit bottom? Because see, every unbeliever is empty. I watched the people come accept the Lord, and I looked at the different families after, probably wondering, husband, wondering what's the wife done, and whatever, and the wife, and... Well, it's because they've come to a knowledge that they need something, and they took a bold step and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. In the television show, Let's Make a Deal, contestants try to get the most valuable prize possible simply by guessing where the prize is hidden. In life, people like to get something for nothing. and Many approach God with the same expectation. At times, many have looked to the Lord for a quick fix, a solution for an immediate problem. They don't want to affect broad change in their life, which is the message of the gospel. Jesus wants to help us, to give us a new heart and live a better life, but our agenda clashes with His. The bigger the sacrifice, the more valuable it is. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 50, with the conclusion of our message entitled, An Eye-Opening Experience. How wonderful to know that Jesus this morning has time for an individual and has compassion. You see, it shocked the crowd. We think masses of people are where it's at. No, if you follow Jesus, it was frequently single, individual people that mattered. How about you and how about me? Do individuals matter? It's a challenge for a pastor. Do individuals matter? You betcha. Every single individual matters. And Jesus shocked the crowd. Their eyes were open. You mean he's going to stop for this beggar? Yes, he is. Now, Jesus is going to open somebody else's eyes because he has just finished, you remember in the verses before, saying to the disciples this, Guys, you have your own agenda. I'm telling you, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. So Jesus is going to demonstrate this principle of teaching. He does it right here. He says to the disciples, do you see this, disciples? Here's an eye-opening experience for you. Because the crowd had tried to stop Jesus from going to this man. The disciples, we don't hear anything about them. The disciples, when a man cries out for help, the disciples are totally silent. How often you and I, as Christians, blow it because we're totally silent. There's no Peter going, hey, Jesus, there's an opportunity to heal somebody here. Let's just right on down, just right on down the road. Silent. So now, Jesus is saying to the disciples, hey boys, open your eyes. And I love it because when we get to Peter and John in Acts 3, and there's a beggar at the temple, 
Peter and John go, whoops, I think I remember a lesson here. We had an eye-opening experience. Let's stop and minister to this guy. And they did. Now I want you to open your eyes. Individuals matter to Jesus. So Jesus says to his disciples, hey, watch this. We're going to minister to these people. Now, what Satan loves to do, as we talked about, we'll do it quickly. For those of you and I that are Christians, he likes to, number one, keep us divided. And we have all these petty arguments that we get into. Because of that, we don't think about individual unbelievers. We're just trying to solve some ridiculous question that has no really answer. Secondly, not only are we divided as Christians, but quite often we're just devoid of energy. We are so busy in life, we have no time for sharing the gospel. But we pass these people every day. Just masses of people are here in this prison. But we have so much agenda, we have no time for them. We just have no energy. The loss, that's somebody else's responsibility. The third thing that I think Satan does for us is this. This is a great weapon for him. Let me read you an article. It says, World Religions Coming to America. Islam, which started as an immigrant religion in the United States, by the way, the fastest growing now in all the world, has now emerged as a local religion. Only 12% of the Muslims in this country come from the Middle East. All the rest are being one here. So what has Satan done? Here's exactly what he's done. We Christians just walk by this place where all these people are searching. See, in, these, in this area of sin, people finally go, hmm, this is crazy going around in circles. I don't have any answers. There must be something. So we're so busy arguing about some ridiculous thing, King James only, or some jazz like that, or we're so devoid of energy that we walk right by them. Well, who stops over there? Hello? The Muslims, the Buddhists, the Jehovah Witness. Now, the Mormons are good people. All of these people are good people. But the Mormons especially, and certainly the Jehovah Witness, they serve a different Jesus than we serve. Don't ever believe they're just a kind of a little a divergent from Christianity. They're not at all. They're totally pagan things that have no God like our God. The scripture says if they serve a different Jesus, they're not ours. Their Jesus is a little God. He isn't even the Jesus you and I are talking about. So the wonderful, well-meaning people that are there are going to hell because they don't have the Jesus we have. We love them, but they're a cult. I want you to see this morning what Satan has done with them. You and I go by, we don't have time to knock on anybody's door. Do any of them have time to knock on our doors? Live in your town for a little while. You'll get one of these. And here's what's happened. The Christians, no energy, man. I'm just so tired. I can't go to church tonight. Soccer. You name it. Joe Witness. Hello? Hey. You know there's a loving God. We have a Bible. We have another Bible you can read. Mormons, like family values, great people for families. By the way, here it is. Underneath the Bible, here's the Book of Mormon. You might want to read that too. So what have they done? They're the ones with the zeal. They're the ones with the energy. Where are the Christians? King James Bible. And we laugh. But millions of our friends are going to hell. Why? Because you and I have blown it. So Jesus is trying to say, I'm stopping for this guy, because if I don't, somebody else will. And that's Satan. And he's brought this. Let me ask you a couple things as we look at this. Do you have compassion 
on the unbeliever. Will you stop when they scream for help? You say, I haven't heard anybody at work say, Jesus, I need your help! No, you won't. But by the water cooler, you'll hear this. You know, I really had a tough weekend and my husband and I are getting longer. I'm separated now and I'm a single parent. My kids, I don't... They're asking questions about God. And, you know, I remember back when I went as a kid, I went to Sunday school and I just wonder if there's any... What are they doing? They're saying this, Help! We go, hey, cool. Yeah, that science goes a nice time. See you around. And off we go. Because we have our own agenda. See, they've been asking for help. Now, the ones that will come out and ask you point blank like help are the ones that have hit bottom. And that's good. But how about getting the people before they hit bottom? Because see, every unbeliever is empty. I watched the people come accept the Lord, and I looked at the different families after, probably wondering, husband, wondering what's the wife done, and whatever, and the wife, and... Well, it's because they've come to a knowledge that they need something. And they took a bold step and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. So, do you and I have compassion? Now, we make lots of excuses. I'm going to give you some excuses. Here's some excuses. I got them from a wonderful article by Mark Mittenberg. It says this, number one excuse for not, not responding to the Great Commission. In other words, why I'm dodging it. Number one, I don't have any non-Christian friends. Oh, that's a great statement. Now, the problem is, the longer you're a Christian the truer that statement is. You see, if you don't have any non-Christian friends, then you've done nothing but turn inward. And you're fishing here, and God's saying, there are no unsafe people here. You remember the ice fishing story? Anybody remember? Right. It is God speaking. You're digging a hole here and open. Well, there'll be a few that have come in. There's a few stragglers that have come in. They'll get saved this morning. But as a whole, the unbelievers are where? They're in the marketplace of life where you and I live, down there, whatever. Number two, I don't have the gift of evangelism. There is a gift of evangelism. But every Christian is to be an evangelist. The Bible says to us, we're to go into all the world and make disciples. That's to every single one of us. Number three, I don't have the time right now. When will you have the time? Number four, I'm afraid of what friends will think of me. Again, we're not talking about bashing people. We're talking about when there's an open door, gently sharing God's love and grace. Do you know what your friends will think of you if they end up in hell and you worked by them for 12 years and never shared the good news? They're going to say this, why didn't you tell me? Next, this is a big one. This is a, this is a really a, a poor excuse. I'll just live out my faith in front of my friends and they'll figure it out. No. The book of Romans says we have to go and tell them. You have to open your mouth. Yes, we're to be good examples, but we have to also tell them. Next. I don't know how to bring up the topic. Well, here's how you bring up the topic. You ask God to open a door. And guess what? Tomorrow at the drinking fountain or at the lunch counter, somebody will say something you go, oh, no. And God's going, oh, yes. Next, I don't know enough. Can you sing, Jesus loves me, this I know? 
you know enough. And what did I say the best witness is? It's your what? Your own personal testimony. One day Jesus stopped for lunch at the house of Zacchaeus. Did it make any difference? It made a big difference. See, it could be a little luncheon where God will open the door. One of our guys is a post office worker, and his route now, many people are coming to Jesus Christ on his route. Isn't that good? Praise God. Somebody else was telling me last week in their health spa where they're working. Can you start naming the people that are coming to Christ next to the exercise machines where he's at? What a place to get them. When they're down like Jesus, well, you can't help. Whatever. I don't know what's working. I won't lift the weights for you unless you accept the Lord. Something like that. Whatever. But they're coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? It's in the marketplace. How about you? Where? When? How? None of these excuses are valid. Now, I know many of you are doing well. That's why we have people coming. But realistically, the 80-20 rule holds is probably less than that. You know today, as pretty typical in any church, doesn't matter where you are, that 80% of the work, 80% of the giving, all that kind of stuff is done by 20% of the people. In the world of evangelism, it's worse than that. There's probably 5% of people that any routine in their life lead a person to Jesus Christ. Number one, quit spending your own time just on yourself. Think about those people lost. Number two, let's not become an inward church. Well, we're growing now, add another building, going to expand. Isn't this great? Yes, it is great. But we're doing that for one reason, because more people are coming. Somebody's inviting them. They're not just going to drive by and go, Ooh, church, been wanting to do that all my life. Here I come. (laughs) Why would they do that? They wouldn't do that. Again, those that are hitting bottom will do that. But we want to catch the people before they hit bottom. Number three, let's pray that God will do this. You know, there is a real heaven and a real hell. And the real person will spend eternity in one of those. Lost people matter to Jesus Christ. Winning someone to the Lord is the most exciting thing in all the world. Whether we're watering or planting or getting to see the result. See, I have the best job in the world. I get to receive the result of all the things you guys are planting and watering. and Wonderful. I'd be even more excited if you'd come and you'd say, here's a person who wants to publicly come and accept the Lord this morning, but I led him to the Lord this week by the water cooler. Praise God. That's the way it should be in the marketplace, routinely. Verse 50. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. So, notice that this blind man of his own free will, because he's desperate, determined, and full of excitement, comes to Jesus. Point number six. The most important question in life. Verse 51. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. That's the most important question you'll ever ask in your life. It's this. What do you want the God of the creator of the universe to do for you? What would we hear people say today? Give me the numbers for Powerball. That's what I want. That'll make me happy. You know what some people want today? They want a temporary fix from God. God, if you get me out of this, restore my marriage, take care of my job, the business boy, and there's only gonna, they're going to get rid of seven, and they're going to only keep three, make sure I'm the one. They want a temporary fix. This is a silly question, kind of, from Jesus to Bartimaeus, isn't it? The blind man standing here comes stumbling up to him, what do you want? Jesus knew what he wanted. He wanted the blind Bartimaeus to say this, I want my sight. It was a step of faith. Bartimaeus wants a permanent fix. Verse 52, only Jesus 
can open blind eyes. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. You see, this was an eye-opening experience now for Bartimaeus. Jesus says to him, whose faith healed him? Was it the faith of the disciples? Certainly not. The crowd? Definitely not. It wasn't even the faith of Jesus. It was the faith of who? Yes. We're saved the same way. The Scripture says without faith it's impossible to please God. We, we can't please God. Then the Scripture in Hebrews says this, Anyone who comes to Him must believe that He is and a rewarder of them that diligently... Well, was this guy diligently seeking God? You better believe it. Help! And he came and he was rewarded. We're saved the same way by grace are we saved through faith. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've had somebody come to me and say, I got dirt in my eye, just blow my eye. Would you, would you get it out? Oh, we love to do that, don't we? We take their eye and we hold it open like this and we plug this tissue in and we get it out and we get it out. How many like to do that to an unsaved loved one or friend today just to open their eyes? How many just like to force their eyes open so they could see Jesus? Man, I can think of 10 people right now, oh, just, just do it, God. Guess what? He doesn't do it that way, does he? We'd like to go and say, Jesus, just, man, they're sitting right here and they're not getting it. Open their eyes. But he doesn't do it that way. How can we open the blind eyes of people? We can't. Only Jesus can. But we can have a way to help. I believe prayer is the most effective weapon in opening blinded eyes. I mean, if we don't care, who's going to care? Well, the Jehovah Witness, the Hindus, the, they're going to care. We want to care. We want to come and say, God, we want you to open their blinded eyes. We're going to intercede for those people. We're going to just come in and say, God, the, enemy's, the enemy has them blinded. God, you, you break the bonds of that enemy and open their eyes. Now, this is not a magic formula. A person's free will is always there. Sometimes you have to pray for people 10, 20, 30 years. I don't know why. Because Satan just has them to the place where they're not ready. You see, once your eyes are open, then you have to make the decision yourself to come to the Lord. Our last point is number eight, and it's this. Salvation is an event and a lifestyle. Notice in verse 52, it says, Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Could Bartimaeus have received his sight and chosen to go another way? You betcha. You see, there are people who come to our altars and accept Jesus Christ, and we know from the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4 that out of every four people, maybe up to three want a temporary fix. They're really not after following Jesus Christ. And they think they're saved, but they're probably never saved. They never became a disciple. You see, it isn't just an event. You hear me say that over and over again. We have all these people come. Now, I can't tell what happened in their heart, but over time... The fruit will be there. And maybe you came, and now you've not done anything with your life the whole time. You probably never got saved. You said some words, but you aren't a follower of Jesus Christ. It says Bartimaeus did a couple neat things. Number one, he took it, he left his coat beside there. You remember? This cloak for a blind man was very important because it's probably the only thing he had to keep him warm. And secondly, he laid that down to collect money in front of him. He didn't need that anymore. Why? Because he's following Jesus. Jesus became his source. Secondly, he called back to the reserve place. He says, you know my spot, G8, where I beg, you can have it for somebody else. I don't need it anymore. You see, all things have what? Passed away. 
and all things became new. When you and I become a Christian, it's not a thing like, well, now I have Jesus, I can go back to my old lifestyle. No, my friend, the new lifestyle is becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, I think it's important for all of us to be challenged that a disciple cares for lost people. Let's look at the before and after just as we close. Let's take a picture. Let's just look at it. Here's Bartimaeus. He's a beggar. He's blind. He doesn't have Jesus Christ. He's going nowhere. He's captive of Satan, kind of in this this jungle we talked about. Afterward, we have Bartimaeus who can see. He's freed from his sins. He has perfect vision. He's following Jesus Christ with a purpose in his life. What's the difference between before and after? It's Jesus. The difference in your life, before and after, is always one person, Jesus. For he is the way and the truth and the life. Now some of you this morning, some of you this morning, that you've had an eye-opening experience. As you've sat here, Suddenly, the word meant something to you. You realized your eyes have been open. You've never accepted Jesus Christ. You may have been a good person coming here all your life. And God has come by you, and here's what he said. What do you want me to do for you? And here's the other neat thing, I think, as I was studying about this. Jesus cares so much And you see that for the very first time because he stopped by your heart. Here's what Jesus does. And this isn't weird because he does this by spirit. He just comes and he's affecting our mind and our heart through the service. So some of you, as I said a few things, went... Now you didn't do that because you don't want to be embarrassed with somebody sitting next to you. See, I do that in my office all week as I'm studying. and God's doing That's why I close my door so my wife can't see me. But in our heart we go, man, I remember Jimmy. and I can remember the last time somebody, and they tried for help, and I, I was too busy, and oh, and we feel miserable. It's the Holy Spirit dealing with us, isn't it? Trying to say, tune-up time. But others of you are non-believers. And during the service, here's what happens. Jesus has come by your door, and he said, what would you like for me to do for you today? And suddenly your eyes have been opened. And again, you, you may have been coming here a long time, or your husband, your wife, or your friend already thinks you're a Christian, but you know you're not. It's your choice. He will never open the door of your heart. You have to say, come on in. I want to become a Christian. I want to give you an opportunity to do that just as we close. Let's bow our heads. Christians, you're praying. Father, I know that there are those here this morning, it's their choice, that need to come and come out of that jungle of sin and be freed. Lord, sooner rather than later. I pray that they wouldn't wait until they hit the bottom and then come back to a loving God, but you've spoken to their heart. Only Jesus can open blind eyes. Lord, I can't do it. Your word has done it. But then, Lord, they must make that choice. Today's message underscored our need for Jesus. For those who don't have a relationship with the Lord, we heard about changing power. For those who are already followers of Christ, we heard about the power of prayer and witnessing to open the blind eyes of the non-believer. As Pastor Mark said, if we don't care, who is going to care? 
someone else might step in with the wrong message. Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series the next time you join us. For those of you that like to have CD archives of Bible teachings, we'd like to offer you a CD of Pastor Mark's message from today. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5. This is only to cover the materials and shipping it takes for you to receive your CD. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option. Now, here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is MB3147. And the title of this message is An Eye-Opening Experience. Again, the title of today's message is An Eye-Opening Experience, and the message number is MB3147. Or just remember today's date. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we continue through the Gospel of Mark, where we come to the time when Jesus will approach Jerusalem. Many people will gather to witness the Messiah's arrival, but there will be varying responses to His presence. Jesus will send out the disciples on a task that they don't understand, but they will go in faith knowing that he is in control. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the Gospel of Mark. That's next time on Lessons for Living. 